Welcome to the Art of Strategic Reaction podcast. I'm Kyle Brost, a strategist and changemaker. I'm the CEO of Spark Policy Institute, founder and principal at Choice Strategy Group, and contributor to Forbes, Thrive Global, and Influencer. I lead at the intersection of strategy and impact, where I turn ordinary individuals into strategists and changemakers. Let's get started. Hey, 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 folks. This is Kyle Brost with the Art of Strategic Reaction podcast. I am really excited, super excited, actually, to have our guest on today. Our guest today is the CEO of Ginny TV, social media agency. She's the co-founder of Billionaire Society. And over just the course of three years, she built a billion-dollar network. Virginia, what do you want me to call you? Virginia, Ginny, what do you go by? Uh, I go by both, but I guess Virginia is fine because you already... You already kind of introduced me as Virginia. Let's just stick to that. <laughs> I, I dropped that one in there. All right. So, <laughs> so tell us about some of these things. CEO, Ginny TV, mm-hmm. co-founder of Billionaire Society. Tell us about what, what, the, what all that is. Yeah, I think it's just basically all just sort of different versions and projects of me um, going out into the world and meeting as many people as I possibly can. Uh, and seeing kind of in which different ways I can serve with my skill set and according to what people will need. So how did that start? So going out and meeting people, it sounds like you're really interested and fascinating and fascinated <laughs> by other people. Yes. Were you always that way? Were you always just, you wanted to know about other people or did that have some impetus? No, absolutely. I'm a storyteller and I have been since I was a kid, uh, since I was like, five, six years old, I had my own little journal and I would like document everything that I did and everyone that I would meet. So I guess like through my expression on on social media and what I do on um, Instagram and Facebook and all the different platforms, it's basically just uh, storytelling, you know, and that's kind of, I think, what we need in, in the business space. And that's what will capture an audience's attention. That's cool. I love storytelling and I have this kind of really strong personal affinity to to it. I grew up in a in a family where that was how we came together. So my mm-hmm. grandfather and his brothers and my dad and his brothers and all of my cousins, we you know, we grew up in this farming community. We would get together all of the time and just sit and listen to these stories. To my, you know, grandpa tell these hilarious stories and then these really serious stories and uh, and that's what I grew up on. So I grew up on this way of passing knowledge through storytelling. Um, and what was interesting is when I got married, my wife's family was not that way. So they're not big storytellers. And it was this huge transition because when her and I would be talking, I'd just be telling stories all the time because that's how I passed information. And yet it was a, a different yeah. world for her. So I love wow. that. I love that you've latched onto that idea of storytelling. I think it's such a, a powerful way to convey meaning and idea and information. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree 100%. What a great way to grow up. (laughs) I agree for sure. It was a great way. So how does that translate to social media? I mean, we hear all Mm. the bad stuff about social media, how Mm. uh, people feel like it's getting us more disconnected from individuals. How does storytelling help? Mm. I actually recently got um, featured in Forbes like two days ago or something with a quote um, on this when they were asking me around, you know, what do businesses really need? Um, you know, like what do they need to know in, in terms of storytelling? And I was talking about 
that there needs to be more transparency, right? That there, you shouldn't tell the story that you want to get published, right? That you think will make you look good and make your brand look all shiny and sparkly, but, you know, tell the real story and um, really relate to people, um, you know, why this is so impactful to really kind of um, also describe the journey, right? So um, I think this is just, that's kind of in relating to social media is like, you need to translate it into that and um, so on these platforms, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, et cetera, not to be, be just writing about, you know, some quote that someone else has already used 5 million times and, and just kind of position yourself and your brand as like the biggest success and, uh, you know, the, the greatest story and all this kind of stuff. Like you're just like, oh yeah, and, you know, we offer this and we offer this, et cetera. But it's really about like digging deeper and um, maybe also talking about a, a negative uh, customer situation, right? When you didn't deliver and when you didn't get them the followers that that um, that you thought you were going to get them or maybe apologize for that or whatever. I think talking about that is just much more interesting. And so this disconnect that people talk about on social media, it, it is also really there because we're all, you know, playing pretense and we're all hoping to, you know, morph ourselves into the most, the, the best sellable thing possible, right? Um, but through really kind of uh, letting that fall for a second and letting yourself be vulnerable, that's where connection happens. And I think that everyone is on social media is because we're looking to be connected. And I will actually say, you know, contrary to, you know, all the negative press that's going around, um, is I do truly believe that we are more connected than ever through social media. And there are so many stories from, you know, Airbnbs and shared Uber rides and, uh, you know, Facebook posts and, you know, Tinder matches and things like that, that are absolutely incredible and that we've never, never had those experiences or opportunities if it were not for the world being connected through technology. I think that's great. And you highlighted something that honestly, I'd never really thought about in these terms, but this, this, the disconnect piece, I wonder if it's stemming, and I think you, this is what you're speaking to, if it's stemming from the lack of transparency. So mm -hmm. how can you actually create connection if it's built on a faulty foundation, if it's built on, uh, you know, presenting everything as success and everything as wonderful mm -hmm. and, and not having those really transparent pieces. I mean, can you really have a true connection if it's mm -hmm. built on just kind of a, an image versus reality? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I you, well, so then you talk about, you know, where real connection is happening. Mm -hmm. And I think to your point, it's happening where there is transparency. So when you talk about Airbnb, those are people who are actually connecting and they're sharing mm -hmm. real experiences versus just presenting a storyline that uh, that's meant to sell. 1000% exactly. And that's what I'm interested in. And that's, I always talk about, you know, when people ask me, oh, well, you know, about personal branding, and, and how do I get more known? And, you know, how do I get my message out there? And something that I always, I always say is just be newsworthy, right? Like what, what would, uh, um, you know, what would Forbes, what would Inc, what would these people, what, what, why would a journalist talk about you? Um, and so being newsworthy is just, you know, an important thing to think about in that sense. And, you know, how are you going to be newsworthy a lot of the times if you are actually controversial or if you are, you know, if, if, you, if there's a pattern interrupt, like anything that you 
wouldn't usually expect if it's there, you know? I mean, let me give you a real life example of something that's happening to me right now where um, uh, there is, you know, there's one way that I would like to portray it, but then there's another thing that is, that is the reality. Like I've come here to LA and um, I'm here because there, I have a lot of business partners. I have a lot of clients here. And so, you know, we're uh, just, it's good for us to connect in person. Um, and so I'm pitching a few TV series and things like that and working on some feature films. And so this is exactly the place for me to be. And when picturing myself coming to LA, you know, I was planning all this stuff about the house and, you know, what we're going to do and where we're going to stay. And I mean, I'm an expert right now in Los Angeles real estate. It's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and I've had so many, you know, conversations with realtors and homeowners and all this kind of stuff. And so we waited to be here in person until, you know, if you're going to book a $15,000 house, you're not really going to send them a check unless you've seen it in person. So we've been here and we've been airbnb and it's just been an absolute nightmare. Like coming here and just, you know, having all of these ideas of, you know, how I want my cool LA life to be, you know, I got myself a convertible, I got myself a really nice, you know, Airbnb with a pool. I, I crashed the convertible in three days. Oh, geez. <laughs> and, and then the house turns out to be a total nightmare and it's like really old and, and all this kind of stuff, you know? And so it's like, you know, on social media, I want to portray that I'm coming here and there's like just nothing but success and open doors. And it's just absolutely fabulous. Um, but it's actually the, the exact contrary that we're just like having like thing after thing mm. after thing that's like not working right. And right. like, you know, if I was to send a message to my followers and talk about, you know, oh my gosh, we're coming to LA and, you know, everything's so great. And I have my convertible in my house and like, look how great we are. Or I would talk about, you know what? I thought I did all this preparation. I was super excited. And all I'm doing is getting punched in the face again and again. And I'm a little bit frustrated because I feel like I'm not really welcome in the city. And like, does this have anything to do with, you know, is this going to be a bad omen for my business or whatever? Like suddenly we have a conversation and suddenly people can relate because they're like, oh, you know what? Like, I know what that's like because when I've moved home before and, you know, I've had this situation and then people are going to start relating and they're going to start feeling with me. And I think that that's the the crux point. And so if I weren't to go ahead and, you know, and, and I mean, there's so many things that you can talk about on social media, you know, like you can, you can go from story into story. But if I was to actually care about building connection with my audience, then I would tell, you know, that real story instead of just pretending like, oh, everything's great, you know? Right, right. Well, Man, there, there's a, a ton in there. But one thing that you said that I think is, it was early on, but I think I really want to call it out, is you said, be newsworthy. But the tip that you gave was a really good one. It was to interrupt patterns. Look for where you can interrupt a pattern. You could talk about being controversial. You could talk about being different. But I think mm -hmm. to talk about interrupting the pattern is a really good one that you can then apply to yourself. Because for me, I think about being controversial or I think about being provocative and it's not really my thing. I'm not a provocative person. I, I'm pretty, uh, you know, I'm pretty mild mannered. I'm pretty uh, clean cut, those kind of things. But when I think about how can I interrupt the pattern that's out there, mm -hmm. then it forces me to really think about kind of competitive advantage and what are people talking about? How are they doing it? So mm -hmm. I love that you gave that insight. It reminds me a little bit. I uh, one of my old business partners is a professor at a university in strategy. 
And he talked about when he's writing research, what kind of research actually gets views because not a lot of research gets broad views from the public. Um, but he said the stuff that gets views is the stuff that's intuitively clever. Mm-hmm. So it can't be so far away from what people know that they don't connect to it. But it also can't be too obvious because then people are like, well, why do I need this? And so this idea of intuitively clever and disrupting patterns, I think, are two Mm -hmm. really good keys if you're looking to to build your audience. I love that you highlighted that. Now, I do have a question. (laughs) How do you get over this fear? I mean, one of the big things is what if I'm transparent and people don't like my transparency? I'm making myself vulnerable by mm-hmm. being transparent and there's some inherent risk in that. How do you get over that? That's actually perfect for you. That risk is perfect because what you're actually doing is you're filtering <clears throat> because not everyone is your perfect customer, right? Not everyone is someone that you should be doing business with and letting into your into your circle, into your offering because Uh, every person that is listening to this podcast right now that is a business owner or has taken some kind of management responsibility for deals that they are closing knows that actually as the person offering the service, you're entering a pretty high risk, aren't you? Because of course, exactly. If you get the wrong customer, if you get the wrong client buying your service, this could actually end up costing you so much money. And I'm not even only talking about like a bad customer who's just going to be such a pain in the butt and is going to re-ask and look at things and, and just kind of want things again and again and again and is demanding and demanding and demanding like that kind of like person at the restaurant who just, you know, wants, which is me, by the way, um, who just wants like <laughs> 10 extra things, you know. Um, but, you know, that's going to be costing you a lot of more time and money and nerves. But then you also have the customers who if one little thing goes wrong, they're going to take you straight to court. You know, because yeah. they just cannot yeah. tolerate there being anything that, you know, might deviate from the contract or anything like that. And so by you being as transparent as possible. So if you go on my Instagram feed, you'll you're going to see a lot of kind of like risky photos. Right. So me just, you know, what I did, I posted one of like peeing, um, you know, by the Hollywood <laughs> sign, and, you know, like just like things like that, like just because I like to keep it real. You know, I like to be like, this is like this is me. This is actually what happened on my walk from the Griffith Observatory to the Hollywood sign, probably one of the highlights is that I was peeing and my boyfriend decided to take a photo of me. And after looking at all of those cute little pictures where I'm posing with my dog in front of the sign, I was like, this is actually the most hilarious one. And this is actually telling the biggest story. And so if I have potential customers that go onto my Instagram and they have a problem with me posting that type of content and me being authentic and real, then I don't want to work with those people quite clearly because they aren't my tribe. They aren't my ideal customer. They're not someone who's going to, you know, grab a drink with me, um, you know, in the evening or like have a laugh or where we're really going to bond. Right. So I'm more about making love than making business. Right. And I think that looking forward, that that strategy is so much more profitable because through having those real clients that you have an actual connection with who get you as a person, like those people will not only be amazing and understanding when it comes to, you know, your service and strategies, but they will refer you more clients than you can take because they will constantly be talking about you and telling stories about you. And I think that that is the true art of being, you know, having a personal brand and, or being a celebrity or like being a, um, a high level CEO is when other people are telling your stories. Uh, and that's kind of the point where you want to get to. 
That's fantastic. And this idea of filtering out the people who aren't a great fit through transparency and vulnerability. I think that's such a powerful concept. And as you were talking, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about why is it why is it that people connect with that more than they connect with uh, you know positioning yourself as this like unfailing success. <laughs> yeah. And and it, you know I was thinking about that and I was thinking, well, there's not a ton of people out there that can say that they have achieved the success that they want to. Mm-hmm. But everyone out there can say that they've faced a challenge. Mm. And so when all you do is where you present this success, well, you're only going to connect with on a real personal level, those who have achieved the success that they want to. And that's Mm. a small audience versus when you show all of the challenges. Well, every single one of us can relate to that because we all have those challenges, right? We've all, you know, whatever it is, we've all, you know, drank too much on the way to some walk and had to, you know, find a bush or a sign based on your story. But <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I think the biggest part of that as well is that it's just not true. Like it's yep. just a simple lie. And the thing is, is like, you don't want to do business with liars. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, I won't, I won't call the person out, but... Uh, <laughs> I have a I have a colleague who works with me. His name's Evan, and today we were checking out uh, a couple of websites. And yeah. it's a guy that I like a lot. He's a, mm-hmm. a, a I would consider a decent friend. But I was checking out his website, and he had some claims on his website. And I instantly said to Evan, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is all BS!" Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you actually look at the numbers, there's mm-hmm. no way that that happens. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way that you can physically manage that mm-hmm. many clients. You know, mm-hmm. the number of clients he's claiming. And I run mm-hmm. a multi million dollar company. I have dozens of employees. Mm-hmm. And I don't even land that number of clients. And yet, you know, this guy's presenting it as this is how many I land every month. Um, Mm. And so anyway, to your point, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not real, right? It's not, it's not actually happening. That's all right. So you got to this place, you have some fantastic insights. Tell us a little bit about how you got there. Where, what did your life look like Mm. when you were younger? Did you see this being your course? Hmm. So I've, I, I'm one of those people that's always been an entrepreneur. So I'm like one of those kid entrepreneurs that, you know, used to like pick fruit from the trees and sell them to tourists. And um, when I was eight, I tried to kind of create like this bicycle touring company with my friend where our plan was to just go around the town and steal bicycles and then, you know, <laughs> created bicycle tourist company <laughs> that got shut down by our parents pretty quickly. Well, good thing. Um, but yeah so I mean I had I I started working when I was like 10 my um, best friend had a restaurant so I was just like waiting tables there and I just absolutely loved it because as I mentioned before I love people and I love just sharing stories and um and you know I was their favorite waitress because I would sit down and I would play cards with them and you know and just kind of like have fun and make sure that they were getting everything that they that they needed and then when I was 15 I spent two months working on a Hollywood production as the stand-in and double of Amanda Bynes. Um, And so, you know, there already, I I learned very young, you know, what it was to apply yourself and work hard. And actually Hollywood is probably one of the best places to teach you that because like, they don't give a fuck. Like they will, they will cuss you out. They will scream at you. They will, you know, like they will do, you know, anything just to make sure that you are doing your job at a hundred percent of your capabilities. And if you're doing anything less than that, like, you know, you're, you're, you're basically out. Um, 
so so yeah but I, I didn't I think the interesting thing is is that my entire life everything that I wanted I was told that it was absolutely impossible and I would never achieve it and what that was for me is I always wanted to be a filmmaker and a writer and um, you know act in my own movies and do all this kind of stuff and so but I was always told that like you were never going to be an actress and you know you're never going to get to Hollywood and all these kind of things and that um, it's just never going to work out for you because these things like are just so competitive and you know you're never going to make it so are, so are those things that people actually told you or was it kind of the impression that you developed no so i mean particularly my mother um she said to me like she was just she just like forbid me to be an actress she like made me quit all my acting groups and she wanted me to be a doctor you know russian mother mm. um saying if you don't have a degree no one's going to respect you like, okay those were literally her words so um so yeah, so I, you know, of course, sort of like I had that in, in my um, DNA that I wanted to please my mother. So when I was 16, I actually started studying psychology because I was like, well, if you want me to be a doctor, then, you know, I can be a doctor of psychology because I don't want to treat patients or see blood or hang around sick people, you know, like okay. so much respect to doctors who do that. Like my friends that are doctors are like obsessed with it. It's like their thing. It's right. their calling. You know, I just right. knew that it wasn't mine. Um so anyways, uh, kind of fast forward, I end up getting a job at Apple um, in their headquarters in Ireland, move there, you know, spend three years learning from the best in sales and marketing and work my way up in, in Apple until I was managing a billion dollars annually. Um, wow. Which was great. Yeah. And then I moved on to Oracle for two years where I worked um, again as an account manager in like sales and marketing. So suddenly I had like five years of like this corporate experience where it was so easy for me, you know, like it was just like, it was just like breathing and, uh, and I just learned everything that I could and I tried to apply it then to myself. And so when I then suddenly understood like how the economy worked and how business worked, I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, why am I doing this for other companies when I could be applying it to my own, um, you know, wishes and dreams and hobbies. That's and, so yeah. You, I mean, you say that lightly, but that's a big <laughs> mental shift. I mean, a, mm. there's not that many people who are in that position and yet look at it and say, if the company can do it, I can do it. So mm. how, how did that happen? I mean, how do you make mm. that shift from this company that's doing billions of dollars and succeeding to saying, you know what, if this business can do it, I can do it? I'll tell you what it comes down to probably like the the pinnacle moment was on a Tinder date. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I went on this guy on a, on a date with this guy named Morton and um, we, you know, we were hanging out and like immediately, like we got along. It was just like best friend vibes. And I was telling him about some of the work that I was doing on YouTube because I'd had a YouTube channel since I was 16 years old and had been creating content on there. And he was telling me about, you know, how he made this viral video. It has like 2 million views, et cetera. He's like, Virginia, it's like so easy to go viral. And like YouTube is actually paying um, their, um, their creators. And um, so I was like, wow, you could now earn money uh, through YouTube. Like it's, it's actually like its own sort of um, business, right? Its own yeah. industry. And um, so, so he made me realize, and he, and he literally just told me straight up. He was just like, you're a genius, you know, like you should be, you should be doing this full time. Like you're totally wasting your time at Oracle and, um, you could be doing so, so, so much more. And, um, 
yeah and and so i was like okay so i started thinking about it and thinking about like you know what what i can create and um and you know started working on growing my snapchat brand because like at this point i'd like found gary v through his like ted talk because i'm like obsessed with ted i've i like watched like nearly all of their talks um and um and then he invited me to a conference in Switzerland that he was speaking at, like, just like, oh, come along, you know, um, and just, you know, come to my talk and meet some of these people. And the conference was uh, called the Lifestyle Design Convention. And it was all full of people that were talking about designing the life that you want to live and designing your optimal life. And, you know, like conferences will want to tell you, um, you know, like you'll think it's like cliche. Oh, and you can go there and change your life. But I'm going to tell you something you actually can. And there's some conferences out there that are like, they're so high level and the the transformation that you can experience in five days. Like the next one that I'm speaking at is called unconventional life. And I've spoken at like 35 events around the world. Like, you know, I, I, I know, I know all the founders, I know, you know, everything that's going, going on. And this one's actually like one of the best ones. Like I've seen, I've seen people change their lives in like a matter of days. And I guess that this is one of the things that happened to me as well, that I was at this conference and, um, and I'd actually, so it was like a turning point because I had created this video called, um, I think it was something like, um, you know, hugging strangers or something like that. Um, and, I got so inspired after the first day of just like listening to all these speakers that I sat in my room till four o'clock in the morning editing this video and making it the realest, most me, most genuine, unfiltered video that I'd ever made until that point, right? Like I kind of reached the gap of, and I guess that's where my content changed. And I stopped trying to create what I thought people wanted to watch and what I thought would go well, but I just created unapologetically what I felt to be right. And that was my first video that, you know, went semi-viral and started up this brand and et cetera, et cetera. Wow. You know, I had a, what's fascinating about this and it relates to me is I had, I I love the part where you're talking about Morton. I almost wondered at some point if we needed to bring him on the line to hear his (laughs) side of this, (laughs) but, but you talked about how he believed in you. I mean, he, Mm. you know, he called you a genius. He told Mm -hmm. you, you can do this. And I think Mm -hmm. about, you know, this point I had in my life where I had a a career transition and I had taken a job with a big engineering firm and it was miserable. Like I, I hated it, literally hated it. And I was probably two weeks from being fired when I decided to quit. (laughs) And I was, you know, I was like feeling down in the dumps because it was a space that I was really good at. And yet I Mm. wasn't succeeding in it. And I didn't know where to go because I was just so like, you know, my identity had been jeopardized because I thought I was good at this. And yet I had failed at this company. And I ended up getting a job with this group and, uh, and they were the opposite. They just constantly talked to me about like how amazing I was and how much potential I had, which if you talk to some of my friends would say is a bad idea because they kind of already have a big head, but it was what I needed. I needed that person to believe in me to mm-hmm. kind of pull out of that rut and take it to the next level. And it sounds like Morton mm-hmm. was, was kind of that for you at some totally, level. Totally. That's awesome. So what are outside of kind of the social media stuff, getting to the raw, you know, experiences that you've had, mm-hmm. what's one life experience that shaped you in a way that, uh, that is unique? Um, I, so I have a mentor, right? So I'm very lucky actually that I have, I mean, I have the most incredible people in my life. You know, I've really like, once I started making that shift towards, 
And I think all entrepreneurs go through this, right? So once you start realizing your own potential and your own capability and your ability to run a thousand miles per hour, um, you start attracting these people in your life. Um, so I'm very lucky to be sharing conversations with, you know, some of the greatest minds. Um, and I think that I've, you know, there's different people that just kind of push you then to the next level sometimes when you have these, these sort of conversations. And, um, I've recently been flown out to the Dominican Republic by, uh, one of my mentor, his name is Eric Edmeads, um, who actually also brought me onto the wild fit diet, which completely then, you know, changed my life. Like health is another topic that I will literally, you know, just talk about for hours. Um, Absolutely. so any, anyone who's interested in that, just, you know, just message me and we will go on a crazy binge about that. But, um, so he flew me out to this conference, um, for, for wild fest, actually it was called. And, um, you know, he had me out there because, uh, he wanted us to do like some sort of interview, um, you know, for, uh, for one of his master classes. And so I would just got to kind of like hang out at the whole conference and just like, um, you know, be a speaker without speaking <laughs> and just nice. you know, inter- interact with everyone. And, and it was just great to sort of like hang back and, and feel all of it. But then before I left him and I just sort of like had, um, um, you know, had a breakfast together and we're just like talking for hours. And, and, in, and there was one of my turning points that then took me kind of just from, uh, you know, managing a social media business to sort of, you know, creating billionaire society and going into film and stuff like that. Anytime someone kind of looks at you and they're just like, you know what, I know that you can do better. And you're just like, oh, crap, I think you're right. Um, And that was kind of like one of those conversations where he was like, "Okay, well, you know, everything that you're doing here, um, you know, this is brilliant. And I I like that. But I think that you can um, take things to the next level with what what your abilities are. And I think it it has to do with him being able to see me, like to really be seen by someone else, like especially kind of like from the outside. Cause in your own head, you have all of your little failures and, um, and all of your little, you know, things that you don't want to share and where you think like, Oh, okay, well this, this actually makes me, you know, a bad person or a bad CEO or whatever. And that kind of then sometimes limits you from expanding yourself because you're so worried about, um, you know, working on all these little things that are actually completely irrelevant uh, to, to what you're creating. And so he kind of took me out of there and just blew up my, my universe again. And so it, it it just brought me to creating new things. And that's how I started then producing Hollywood movies and, um, you know, creating billionaire society. And in that moment also, he asked me to actually produce, um, a movie that he's working on. So now we're working together on, uh, creating this incredible film. And, um, so, so yeah, I would say that was one of the recent moments right now where I had like another one of those shifts and sort of like mind blow, let's take things to the next level. Yeah. So, so I think that the experience is a relatable one. I think we've all been in a place where someone inspired or motivated us. We've been to a conference or I don't know, maybe it's a sermon. I don't know what it is, but we've all been in those places where we feel inspired in that moment. Mm. But how do you translate that? than to life. Because I think so many people have that experience where in the moment they're really inspired and, and they're built up and they're excited. And yet, you know, four days later, they're at home, you know, on their mm-hmm. own and that inspiration can dwindle quickly. So how do you actually carry that forward versus just having it die once you leave that moment of inspiration? Mm. 
Well, if it's truly not something that doesn't resonate with your core, then four days after, of course, you're not going to be engaged anymore because it's maybe not your real truth. But now if it is something that does resonate with your core and you want to follow through, but after four days, you are just feeling so afraid and so small and that, you know, that moment where you got that little light in your eyes that you're not able to follow it through, then you know what, honestly, maybe you're just not ready yet. Maybe you're still building on that. Maybe you don't, you know, kind of like have what it takes in order to um, make that a reality. And if you can, you know, face yourself and, you know, look at yourself and kind of have that conversation, uh, then you're going to have to do, you know, one thing or the other. Either you continue with your life the way that you're going now and learn more and learn more and develop until you are ready to take action or you say, you know what, I've had enough from sitting back. I've had enough from watching other people succeed. I've had enough of seeing my ideas coming out into the world and me again and again not taking action. And then you do decide to take that step. And I really hope for you that you decide to take that step because you are capable of so much more that you can ever imagine. And these things that you don't know right now are just one Google click away of learning. How do I incorporate a company? You know, where do I buy, um, you know, a domain? Who are the people that I can bring into my life that can help me with these things, right? If you don't start somewhere, then it's never going to develop because no CEO in the world has ever started a company having all the answers. I mean, look at Facebook, for example, like Mark Zuckerberg had no freaking idea in hell what he was about to create. He just went for it. And it's really about taking action. It's about buying the domain. It's about continuing and putting in the work and really focusing on that and to, you know, write down all your questions that you have, right? Like everything that you don't know, just write them all down and then start figuring them out and show them to other people because someone in your network is going to be able to answer some of those questions and it's going to continue and continue. And before you know, you have a multi-million dollar business and you're incredibly happy and, you know, you're doing everything that you ever imagined. I love it. So there were three things that I took away from that. The first one was, if you're not actually going to make the change, you're probably not fed up enough. Yeah. So just, you know, accept your consignment <laughs> for a little while longer until you reach the point where you are fed up enough. The second one, it reminded me of Richard Branson's. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got a thing where he just kind of says, screw it, just do it. Yeah. So this kind of start before you're ready. Don't wait until you have all of the answers and you know the exact path, because even if you do that, the path is going to change and you're going to find out you don't have all the answers. And then the last piece that you said was to write down all of the questions that you have and just go out and start trying to find answers. And I think that that one's one of the most practical things that you can do. Simply write out all the questions that you have and start going to find answers. 1000% exactly. That's it. Fantastic. (laughs) That's what you got to (laughs) do. I love it. I love it. And I think, you know, the, the question piece I love because I think, you know, too often we are asking the wrong questions. Mm. Um, so we're frustrated by the answers that we're getting, but it's not even a problem with the answer. It's because we're asking the wrong question. And by capturing your actual questions, you can hone in on those that really matter and that you really need answers to versus pretending like you need answers to something that you really don't. Absolutely. Exactly. That's just such a, I, I think, you know, we worry, we just worry too much in general about everything, right? And just, yeah. it, it's just really about meeting yourself where you're at and accepting yourself. You know, I, one of the things that I always talk about my content is loving yourself. 
and people got so frustrated with me because it was just like, Virginia, you're telling me I should love myself. You're telling me I should love myself, but you're not telling me how. Like, how do I love myself? I'm trying. I'm trying. Mm, I want to love myself, you know? And so so there is actually no application for it. Loving yourself more comes from the surrender. It's a total surrender into this is just who I am. This is where I am. And I will, you know, relentlessly of all of the negative thoughts that I have in my head and all of the questioning myself, I'm just going to surrender into this being, you know, and and that's just it. It's just like, I'm just going to meet myself where I'm at. And that's totally okay. I don't have to be better. I don't have to be richer. I don't have to be more beautiful and all these other things that I tell myself. I'm just, I just am. And that's what self-love is. Well, and it's powerful because when you have that acceptance, you stop trying to be like everybody else. You stop trying to be something that's not ever going to come natural to you and you're not ever going to be very good at. I mean, the people who just try to replicate what somebody else has done are the Mm -hmm. ones who haven't accepted who they are as individuals yet. And you're always going to find that road harder, the road that, you you know, when Mm -hmm. you try to walk somebody else's path Mm -hmm. in the same way they did, you're going to find that so much harder than when you accept who you are to, to map out and create your own path. 1000%. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for you guys. You have everything you need right now. This is, this is it. This is the only podcast you need to listen to. (laughs) Go and do it. I'll take the I'll take the endorsement. <laughs> All right, so to to wrap up here, what is the final thought you would leave listeners with? Regardless of whatever job that you're working or whatever business that you're creating is find stillness and joy within yourself and whatever that you're doing because if you're here chasing something if you're here being like okay I want I want the cars and the houses and I want all this kind of stuff and and I'm just going to try to fill the void of you know anxiety and self-doubt I have in myself with some kind of business success that looks good on other people's Instagrams then just be careful because (laughs) eventually you're just going to tear yourself up So with whatever you're doing, you know, in in trying to create more abundance in your business or within yourself, then do it from a true place of wholeness, right? Happiness. And you're going to be able to pour so much more than into yourself and into your clients and everything that you create. Um, So kind of maybe spend some more time on just really being with yourself than trying to work on the outside world and, and trying to make everything look good. Perfect. I won't even try to elaborate on it. I'll leave it simply at that. Okay. Uh, so folks, if you want to connect with uh, with Ginny, she's got Ginny TV, Billionaire Society. Where else can they connect with you? Oh, um, come to my Instagram because that's actually the messages that I check most. So Instagram at Ginny Can Breathe. And I would love to hear from you if you did hear this podcast and get to know where you are in your business and, and just you know have some feedback. Um, so yeah, Instagram at Jeannie can breathe is, is perfect. All right. Awesome. I will share that when we share out the podcast. So folks, you can access Jeannie can breathe on Instagram so that you can connect with her. Jeannie, thanks so much for joining us. Truly been a pleasure. Appreciate all of your insights. You too. This has been one of my favorite interviews ever. And you were a total rock star. Oh, thanks so much. Appreciate it. 
right, folks, that has been another episode of the Art of Strategic Reaction. Thanks so much for our guest. Hope you found some value in it and we'll be connecting with you and engaging with you soon.